0: I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You won't like it, but I'm going to say it. I think it's about time we retire the genre, indie music, because and it seems somewhat obvious as a little bit provocative as well, but it was named after independent labels, and it is so far gone since then. So I want to talk a bit about that on this podcast. Hello, my name is Derek G. This is Derek G Speaks Volumes. We're gonna break this down, talking about the history of indie music. I'm gonna debunk or tell you who is an indie slash independent artist by what the name stands for versus what it is now. And then I'm gonna go through some ideas of what we could rename it to, okay? As my opening statement into this episode is that indie music has evolved. Indie music used to be the word shortened for independent. It used to be not only symbolic, it also was a literal meaning of the type of music that was put out uh, that is of from independent record labels. It is also associated with sound of music and is definitely diverged to that point where if you like indie, you don't necessarily like independent music of the more guitar and alternative based persuasion. You like a sound that is more softer in the guitar based world and is totally separate from the labels and independent music these days which i find really interesting so let's go into the history shall we the origins of independent music before it kind of identified as indie goes way way back to when you had record labels like motown or sun or atlantic where these were independent labels they weren't part of a major label structure they weren't owned by anyone else they were started by usually someone like Barry Gordy, an individual. And that independent label came with a really strong identity, a really strong mindset, a really strong way to move that wasn't beholden to stakeholders and shareholders and a whole lot of investment and a return on investment. So Motown being a great example of an early independent label, or Sun, Sun is a great example. Or when I talked about Atlantic, they had a particular sound, whether it's with Al Green or Aretha Franklin, that, that that was the sound of record labels back in the day before they got bought out and owned. Atlantic is now owned by Warner, Motown is owned by Universal. And what's left of, say, Motown, which granted is so far gone and could never be the same as it was in the 60s, is more of a R&B label these days. And Atlantic is kind of signs whatever these days. I don't think that they have a strong musical identity, which is a whole conversation in and of itself. But in the 80s, indie music as we currently know it started to form which is around the independent labels that came out of the UK and the US. So labels like Factory Records, labels like Rough Trade, which are iconic, iconic indie independent labels, which birthed artists like The Cure like the Smiths. This is where the foundation of the indie sound came from. Alternative music that was championed by the independent labels that I think more people would classify as DIY or non-pop music of the guitar persuasion, which started to therefore leak into the 90s. And I'm rifling through this as quickly because this isn't a deep historical podcast, but more of an idea-based podcast. It started to bleed into the 90s where you had Elliott Smith, you had the Verve, you had rebellious alternative and indie music that became a point of contention when Nirvana went from being signed to Sub Pop, a very iconic independent record label by being signed by Geffen, which is to say that when Nirvana signed on the dotted line, they admitted that they wanted to become superstars. They didn't want to be small and niche and independent. They wanted a number one album, which they ended up achieving. And perhaps that's where indie music died in the sense that it was independent in spirit. And and therefore, where are we now? The major labels started to sign artists that are independently minded or spirit or used indie labels to, I guess, develop these artists to a point where they were big enough and then they would be signed to a major. So therefore, the sound started to undock from the ethos itself. And so therefore, at that point, all bets were off once Geffen had Nirvana. Indie music as an idea of independent music and alternative guitar music became more of an idea and an aesthetic, more than an ethos and a point of view. And I think today, if you were to look at the ethos, it's more blurred than ever because you have record labels, you have people that can self-release and self-publish via places like DistroKid and CD Baby, but then you also have distributors, places like ADA in The Orchard where artists can sign to them, but they are still independent. They are just being distributed to the channels that people listen to music via these companies that are now owned by majors, but you can still be independent. So almost every artist can remain independent these days And that doesn't mean that they're indie music. If you're wondering if the independent indie music mindset still exists, it definitely does with labels such as 4AD or Secretly Canadian slash Dead Oceans, which is the same company. You have Sub Pop, you have XL. You still have fiercely independent labels that are flying that flag. And I would say places like Domino or Secretly or Sub Pop still very much put out quote-unquote indie music, which is alternative guitar-based music that is more on the simpler lo-fi setting but for the large part which is my whole argument is that indie music is kind of extinct because of what it represented and what it is now and so it kind of more encapsulates a commercial genre that we're used to these days and that can be in forms of many things including indie, indie pop, indie sleaze, indie rock, indie folk, you could go as far as indie hip-hop but I think that's a separate thing but we know indie rock, indie folk, indie pop as still alternative music that is guitar based that sounds like quote unquote indie music that you or i might talk about so part two we're going to debunk some artists that are defined as indie music as defined by spotify and we're going to define whether they are truly independent in terms of record label or not which is fun so i decided rather than myself defining what is indie to me i'm going to go to a mainstream source which is spotify and choose their biggest indie playlist. And then we're gonna go through people that they've added to that playlist and we're gonna figure out if they're signed to an independent label or a major label. So feel free to play along. You can guess along as I say these names out. This is not an exhaustive list, but I've got a decent list to go through. So let's see how we go. Starting for The Way is Blood. She is signed to Sub Pop, ding. First one, she is on an independent label and she is and does sound independent, which is marvelous. Next one is Claro. What do you think clara she's quite a big deal she has a huge following so one would assume she is on a major and you are correct but this one's a little more complicated because she was independent signed to the fader label remember fader magazine and website she was signed to them And I believe they have a, but some point down the line, they became a sub-label of Republic Records, which is a division of Universal. So so now Clara is very much plugged into the Universal music system. Next up, Faye Webster, love Faye Webster. She is on Secretly Canadian, check. We love that, Secretly Canadian, quite staunchly protective of their independence. So definitely indie, check, check, check. Tegan and Sarah, OG indie of that 2000s type style. What do you think? Well, I can tell you it's kind of a mixed bag. They are on Sire Records for the US, but they are marketed by Warner Records Inc. So that means that they are kind of, kind of on a major. So I'm going to count them out of being truly indie because they have the tools to market via Warner Records. So they're pretty much part of the machine. Alex G, the indie hero is up next and congratulations to the Alex G fans. He is indie and independent because he's signed to Domino. And I think it'd be quite upsetting if you saw a Universal Music Group tag at the bottom of his Spotify page because Alex G is the epitome of modern indie, in my opinion. Sonic Youth. These guys definitely cross over into a variety of different genres, but I will call them indie because they were in one of the playlists. Sonic Youth and the album Goo, for example, the classic, classic album of theirs. They aren't indie. They were signed to Geffen. Controversial. Another Geffen steal of home base. And they are not indie either. Death Cab for Cutie. If you grew up in the early 2000s, Death Cab for Cutie, one of the darlings of the indie scene, the answer is complicated. So for Transmissions, they were signed to a label called Barsuk, but Plans, their big record, they were signed to Atlantic for the USA and Warner Records for the rest of the world. So like I said, one of those development acts where once they started to go big, They want it to be even bigger. But this is a Nirvana point as well. Clearly, Death Cab for Cutie wanted to be the biggest band in the world. And how they thought they could achieve that is through being on Atlantic. So they are half and half. But so yes and no. If someone was to ask me Mac DeMarco and his genre, I would have said indie. So where is he signed? Well, he is. Czech independent as well. He was signed to Captured Tracks, which was a very trendy label in the 2010s, and now is independent independent with his own record label, Max Record Label, which is interesting in and of itself because unless he signs more acts to his label, he's independent on his own, but is he indie by the mindset of what indie music was? Not necessarily. He's just independently put out by his own record label, if that makes sense. And let's go with one more. The Decemberist indie music from the 2000s is a major label artist, capital of all people. Capital being owned by the Universal Music Group. So how many did you get right? Are you surprised by any? Does it matter to you? But I would say 50% of the people are independent. 50% are majors. They all have a similar sound and world as well. Does it matter? Does it affect your point of view? I think if anything, I'm just trying to illustrate that a lot of these people are indie in sound but not independent in nature and just shows how far away it has gotten from the source of say Factory Records and Rough Trade. So the last section, let's talk about what I think we could rename it to. And I would like to challenge you. I would like for you to tell me in the comments what you would want to rename indie music to. So I have just had a lot of fun. I've written down some notes. My suggestions, my suggestions of what indie music could be renamed to. And now look, I know this is not gonna happen. It is so far gone now that indie music is just indie music, just like how people call punk punk, that doesn't represent that. It's not going to change, but here's some suggestions of what we could change it to. One, alternative pop. This does exist in a sense people say alternative music, but alternative pop, is saying that it is left of center, it isn't mainstream, it isn't for the center stage, but it is still pop music. There are the pop tropes, it's still very listenable. Number two, guitar pop. What do you think? Guitar pop doesn't necessarily mean pop music in the same Christina Aguilera of Katy Perry type way. It is more people like Clairo. Clairo makes guitar pop, don't you think? Next submission, and I think one of my favorite submissions is new soft rock or new wave soft rock because I was listening to some Conan Moccasin today and I thought how is this not soft rock how is this not in the same world as the soft rock genre people like Bill LeBounty. it's such similar music but it's Considered indie music, but I think so much indie music is almost soft rock. Mac DeMarco feels very new wave soft rock to me. So, can we put these people in another bucket? Maybe I'll make a playlist of new soft rock artists. My favorite suggestion is post indie. Do you like it? Do you like it? What do you think? That's my suggestion because it, we're acknowledging that it is in a post independent world that you have, you're basically saying commercial music. Post-indie is commercial music. It is music that has a sound of indie, but they're by majors. Now that would maybe define if you are Way is Blood and you are, or Faye Webster and you are independent, maybe you're not post-indie because you're still independent and sound indie. (laughs) Maybe this idea doesn't work, but I like the idea, post-indie. Why hasn't there been post-indie guys? Can't they be post-Indie? And last but not least, and this is one I didn't come up with, I just found in my research, and I am obsessed with the idea of it, and that is small room. <laughs> small room. So if you don't, if you know anything about EDM, there is a genre called Big Room. And when I first heard about this genre, I'm like, what on earth is big room? How could you define anything as big room? What is big room music? And then you play it and it kind of makes sense. It's almost like EDM that's played in a big room where the sounds are almost got this delay to it this echo to it or maybe this revo to it that kind of sounds like you're listening to it in this echoey it's got an expansive I guess big room is this feeling of space in the music itself it feels like there is a three dimensional space when you're listening to this music and the same could be said for indie music small room Why don't we call it small room music, right? And it sounds like music. People call it bedroom pop sometimes, but it isn't for all types of indie music, like Faye Webster, people don't call it bedroom pop. Small room isn't talking about if they're signed to a major or not, but it sounds like intimate music. It sounds like acoustic music. It sounds like whispering music. It sounds like very soft, gentle music. Small room. That's my favorite. So yeah, like I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts, what your suggestions would be if we were to replace it as a thought exercise. Am I overthinking it? Is it too far gone? Does it matter? Sometimes when I get too serious and I think about things, I'm like, it does matter. It does matter because this used to represent a spirit. It used to represent an ethos. It used to represent sticking it to the man and being independent and what that music sounds like. Now it's just a vibe. Is that okay? It's okay. It's okay. But this has been Derek G Speaks Volumes for another week. Drop your comments somewhere and I'll see you in the next one.